I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go lonely, letting go strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful the Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships, creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name's Jeff Cook. I am a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. I estimated to a friend of mine today that we had spent about 200 man hours on this set of podcasts, and I did the math, and I think I'm right. Sure. I believe that. Yeah. These deep dives... If you have enjoyed the pop culture deep dives, you need to, and and they've done good for your soul. You need to send a thank you note to the TJ Wilson. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not the only one doing the work. TJ I, is the one doing the majority <laughs> of the work <laughs> up, up until this podcast, where I started helping with editing and went, "Holy crap, that's a lot of work." Man, that that is one of the things that I am so grateful that you started that other podcast about Star Wars because <laughs> you're editing that one yourself, and it just like it. It helps you see the work that I do a little bit better. Yeah. And it also means that, you know, you've had a lot of practice and I can hand some stuff over to you. It's great. So all the bumps in the road, that's all me, just so you know. The over <laughs> uh, pr- production, way too many songs. That's Jeff going, hey, look what else I can do. And you you, you got to get it just right. That's uh, I need to work on that. <laughs> the new year is coming. Maybe, maybe that should Come. be a uh, resolution. <laughs> But this is our last episode on Lord of the Rings. It's been a long journey here. Yeah, it's true. Traveling home. Yeah. There and back again. There's there's the line. Man. You got a favorite scene from these movies? Is there anything that still like hits you? You and I are movie criers. Yeah, it's true. Um I am riveted by the Ents March on Isengard. Ha! Huh? Every single time. Like it. There are so many really great scenes in this whole series. And I don't know what it is about. Like that, just the trees come out of the woods and they're like, we're done with this nonsense. (laughs) And just destroy Isengard. I love it. It makes me so happy. When nature fights back, it's just awesome. That is a, that's a beautiful scene. The the music in that scene in really particular is. is just just epic. Yep. Uh, I think I have said that the Legolas Gimli talking to each other at the end there, saying, "All right, we're going out, brother," is my favorite. But I I I think I tear up every single time with the uh, the death of uh, Boromir. Mm. I think that both those actors just crush that scene. Yeah, just love it to hell. Anyway, um, uh, I also think it's important to note that, uh, which, which we have not said this at all yet, but this this year, like a few days ago, was the 20th anniversary of the release of these films. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I, I, we did not plan that of, of doing this series at this time, but... I saw something about it on the internet and was like, oh, yeah, that was that was in 2001. 
Real podcasts do that sort of thing. Right, right. <laughs> we did it on accident, <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> Stumble it. Yeah. That was a different world. 9-11 had just happened. These got released around Christmas, and it was like the first time that somebody kind of said, we're going to dominate the Christmas season with our movie. Right. And, and that's they exactly did. what happened, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I had just quit working at Barnes & Noble right when all these came out. and <laughs> all the book stuff. I did not know that you worked at Barnes & Noble. I did. I worked there for probably a year. Oh, nice. I was, uh, I was a terrible book salesperson. <laughs> I, was re- I was really great at shelving things. Sure, yeah. Enneagram one that I am. I, was, I did not want to learn their silly system of how to order things from. I, sure. I was just terrible. I was, just, I was a bad employee. I'm a bad employee in general. Just so you know out there, if you're listening and you want to hire me for something, don't. It's a bad idea. Just, just a worthless employee. <laughs> it's all the menial stuff. It is. It's, I can't do, that's actually exactly what it is. I'm, I'm hyper aware and invested in things that are bedrock foundational kind of things. Mm -hmm. Cannot do second level, tertiary level tasks. Yep. Well, and plus a lot of them are nonsense, especially in the retail world. That's what it is. Yeah. I bet at that time, 2001, Barnes Noble hadn't updated their ordering system since 1996, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, that, that computer system was yeah. was old. Yeah. There was a there was a Pac-Man going across the top of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but enough about me. <laughs> enough about book chains. We we're talking about characters we love. Yeah. It's true. This is and this is your last chance to come back too. So Oh, I gotta no, see, I am exclusively in the role of spoiler for this one because TJ is going for the perfect game. He's trying trying. to thread the needle. So here's the thing you got to know, people. TJ is going to, even if he knows that I have a great argument, he's still going to pretend like his is just money. So just so you know, that optimism, it's it's all a facade. (laughs) (laughs) But to start things out, I'm going to go ahead and defer on this first character we're going to hit which I said last time. So TJ is already up 1-0. He typed one Mariotic Brandebuck as a Enneagram 2, and I did as a 7. And I just didn't see Mary as a 2. That just wasn't even on my radar. And you said it, thought through it. I was like, man, I just, I totally whiffed. The curveball came, bang. It's it's because so much of what we see of him and so much of the impression we get of him is basically him alongside Pippin. Yep. And, and it's, it's easy to paint them both as sevens because they're both doing seven ish things. Yep. But the more time you spend with Mary apart from Pippin, the more you see, Oh wait, no, he's, he's actually just Pippin's best friend might be able to talk about reactive types. So if Mary is a two, he's re- uh, he would be reacting to the energy of a character we typed as a seven. Mm-hmm. And so that ones, twos, and sixes can get caught up in the energy, both uh, the aggressive energy of threes, sevens, and eights, or the withdrawn energy of fours, fives, and nines. Right. right. There can be a reactive types can meet them in those spaces sometimes. Yeah. Well, in, in twos in particular, uh, I, th- I think they, they might sort of highlight a, a, 
we, we use the term merging when we talk about nines, but twos do it a little bit too. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, it's basically like they are shutting down. Uh, twos are naturally not really in tune with their own stuff. And, and they, they sort of shut down their, their focus on their inner life so that they can focus on the people around them. And if the person around you, if, if the person that you're giving all of that focus to is a seven like Pippin, then you're going to be along for some adventures and like all up in it too. What's really interesting, and we'll see this in a minute, is that I think Mary thinks he's the older one, mm-hmm. kind of the leader of the two, and yet is still reacting to the energy of the character that's clearly more of a younger personality, yeah? Right. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with, I, I, I think as, as a two, as a type two, I think that he sees himself in this, like, I have to take care of him kind of role. And, and, and part of, I, I'm sure that he would never say this out loud, but I, I'm guessing that there's, there's a part of him somewhere that thinks that if, if he isn't there to take care of Pippin, then Pippin is going to get into trouble that he's not going to be able to get himself out of. I think that's the most important line about their relationship that's stated. It's the, I don't know if you're quoting that. That's the stuff he says to Aragorn in Return of the King. Right. They get separated and... Mary says, I would get him into the worst sort of trouble. Well, set up on this front, this is the scene that I, if you want to see Mary's tune as it comes out in the scene twofold, this is in Return of the King. Um, Mary ends up knowing that Pippin has to be removed from Rohan, that he has to be taken away. Right, because Pippin the Seven got in too deep. <laughs> and Mary begins mothering him. Right. And it's not just that Mary knows he needs to be removed. He knows he can't go with him. And he knows this is this is going to be a, a time where they're really separated for the first time in a while. Where are we going? Why did you look? Why do you always have to look? I don't know. I can't help it. You never can. I'm sorry, all right. I won't do it again. Don't you understand? enemy thinks you have the ring. He's going to be looking for you, Pip. They have to get you out of here. And you... You're coming with me? Mary? Come on! Right. And so all of Mary's caretaking energies come out in this scene. The first being, he gives him a bunch of tobacco. Here. Something for the road last of the long bottom leaf. I know you've run out. You smoke too much, Pip. That is the but best two-line. Yeah. It's perfect. You smoke way too much. Here's some more. Yep. Absolutely. Because I care about yep. you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was, when you said that Mary was a toot, that was the line that immediately came to mind. I was like, dang it, I got that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That one isn't even on my list, too. So And then Pippin gets taken away by Gandalf, and caretaker that he is, Mary runs to the top of the lookout post. Aragorn follows him, and they have a little dialogue in which Mary says, He's always followed me, everywhere I went, since before we were tweens. I 
would get him into the worst sort of trouble. But I was always there to get him out. Now he's gone. That's it's worth just sitting there for a second. Right. That's their relationship. Right. He's older. There's a lot of energy coming off of Pippin, but apparently Mary's an instigator. I, well, and I don't know that. Like we we can only make speculation about what their past is like because we we don't have it in front of us. All we have is what they say. But there's there's a there's a thing here about. Like every moment we see them together, Pippin is the instigator. Pippin is always the one driving the the like let's see what's behind this curtain kind of energy. And there's there's a a sense to the weight of this line that mm-hmm. that the Mary sees himself as like I I would not have a hard time believing that Mary is taking responsibility for things that he didn't actually do because he's the one that should have prevented Pippin from getting into trouble. And therefore he's the one that got Pippin into trouble, you know, like that that's entirely speculation. But if, if I were able to sit down with Mary and actually have this conversation, it wouldn't surprise me if that's how this actually played out. There's an early, it's their introduction in uh, at Bilbo's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Pippin's going for the fireworks. Right. Mary's behind him saying, No, no, the big one, big right. one. And <laughs> like, like giving a little more energy to it. Yeah. Like feeding the fire. But I, I, don't, I don't think that Mary really started the fire. This, okay, so I, I don't know if I've said this on, on the air before, but I've, I've mentioned this to Tutu's and they think I'm nuts. I think twos are really hard to understand what's going on inside of them. I think this is where it is. It's so much energy is being poured out for others. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes you cannot get a real foothold on what's really going on in the heart and mind of a two. Because the two thinks that they're just lavishly pouring out, this is who I am and what I do and where, what I'm what I'm about for your sake, but mm-hmm. what is it that's that's the nub underneath all that? I don't right. think is always easy to look at, and I, that would be the problem I think with Mary here. Yeah, what where is he with in this relationship? Well, I I think that we see that like the the word caretaker I think is a really good and important word for who Mary like in, in sort of in his heart sees himself as mm-hmm. for Pippin. They are, they are best friends. They're brothers. They're, they're together to the end, but so much of Mary's energy toward his posture toward Pippin is as a caretaker for Pippin. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Removed. That, that creates a fantastic story for a two. What happens when the person that you're caring for is removed and you can't care for them anymore? There's an identity crisis that happens for this character. Right. And there ends up being a lot of air work that needs to take place. Yep. His character shifts hard in that last movie. Yep. Absolutely. I, he's almost unrecognizable as the same character. I, uh, when he's in the tent with Eowyn and he's, he's not confident. 
he uh, is trying to discover whether or not he's going to be a warrior now. Mm-hmm. He just he just defeated Isengard, but he he's he's in a spot where it's like he's swinging a sword around. He looks like a twelve year old, literally wearing child's garments. Right? Yeah. He needs someone to help, and the person he chooses is Theoden. Right. Excuse me. I have a sword. Please accept it. And who's gonna help? Yep. I offer you my service, Theoden King. Yeah, and Theoden meets him in that spot. And gladly, I accept it. You shall be Mariadon, Esquire of Rohan. He changes his name. This is always this is really powerful in literature. Whenever your name's changed in literature, it's it's a big deal. And you and you see this washing of joy hit Mary. Mm-hmm. He just strikes me as such a different person in that moment than anything we see before. Right. Well, there's for so much of his life, he is, his identity is wrapped up in being the second to Pippin. Mm-hmm. And then Pippin leaves. And, and this, this, is, this is what growth for a two is, is, is figuring out who you are outside of how you are defined by your relationships or the people that are around you, the people that you serve, the people that you've attached yourself to, who are you besides those things? Yep. And that's, that's the journey that Mary has had to go on. I'm Pippin's support system. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. been Mm -hmm. an unconscious, perhaps true belief. And he has to, and he has to shift. Another part of his tuness comes out in his ferocity of defensiveness for Middle Earth. Yeah. When he hits stress, he gets angry. Mm-hmm. And you see it all over that second movie. Yeah. When he yells at the end moot, it's yep. just spectacular. The Ents cannot hold back this storm. We must weather such things as we have always done. Can that be your decision? This is not our war. These are beings that have lived for centuries who know vastly more than whatever, a three foot two halfling from the Shire. Right. And he just steps into the council and (laughs) throws down. But you're part of this world. Aren't you? must help please notice the value you must do something you are young and brave master mary but your part in this tale is over that's a, that not only showcases the two going to stress it also showcases their values yeah yeah there's a um i when when twos pick up some of that eight characteristics like like as we always say you can do this in a healthy way and an unhealthy way and when they do it in healthy ways they not only get sort of the strength and ferocity but that justice coupled with the two's instinct for other people Mm -hmm. it this is not just about 
the Ents fighting this war. This is about helping everyone. This is about you were part of Middle Earth, and this is everyone's everyone's in this fight together or else we all lose. Yep. The great Desmond Tutu died yesterday, mm-hmm. who I've seen on a handful of lists. Riso and Hudson have him on their list of twos. To skip some of the typing of this person, Desmond Tutu is a male two in a deeply unhealthy country that has had a good century of racial tension, violence, and division and just is a healing power mm-hmm. in that culture. Yeah. I would love to pause for a second on twos and especially male twos here. What's the word for male twos who may, you know, see their type as overly feminine at times mm-hmm. to to bring in gender for a moment? Sure. Uh, Mary doesn't strike me as a feminine character. Right. Agreed. Yeah, I think there's I think that we I think that the idea that twos are feminine is one of the many dangers of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. because the the thing about twos is not feminine. It's, it's, it's taking care of and focusing on the relationships around you. It's how are you connected to other people? And, and in particular, how are, like an, an easy way to say it is is how are you useful to the people in your life and that that's how you earn the attention that you're looking for and i i just there, that's not feminine qualities we assign them to femininity because we view caretaking and and that like toxic masculinity me- messes up a ton of stuff in this area and mm-hmm. and there's there's so much about caretaking that is not that that need not be labeled feminine. Yeah. Even the the helper element, I I tend to want to still hold on to some of that language of feminine and masculine. I go back and forth on this. Sure. But let's just assume that those terms mean something. There are a handful of Men in my life who have a, a very active helper side to themselves that I find exhibits real strength, mm-hmm. real self-awareness, real I know who I am in this world, and this is what I do, and this mm-hmm. is how I ground myself, and this is how I connect with others. And it's there's something to be said, I think, for the heart of male twos who, who might have that in the back of their mind as a liability. Right. And there's a lot to be said about the presentation of these, these sort of traits. Like it's, it's really, it's really easy to point at the stereotype of the Jewish mother as the stereotype of the, as a stereotype of a two, but also you shouldn't use stereotypes. And the stereotype of the Jewish mother is a terrible stereotype in the first place. And, uh, there's there's nothing wrong with like I like to bake I bake a lot and that does not make me less quote unquote masculine because I like to bake and taking care of other people and and being generous and and thoughtful and like these are not things that that need to be labeled as as 
feminine just because society puts them into this weird box. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. Energy comes from this character. Oftentimes, inserting himself where he hasn't been invited. Right. This comes out in uh, the Council of Elrond. He and Pippin are hiding in the bushes, listening to the whole thing. And when they hear there is a duty to be done, there is something very important, a dangerous task. Sam jumps up, and then Mary and Pippin jump up. But it's Mary that's the instigator here. Right. Oi! We're coming too! Right. And and the thing that people point to 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 put Sam as a two, which we've established that Sam is a six, that's the thing that comes out here from Mary, I think. Mm -hmm. Like Sam, who has already decided that he is with Frodo no matter what, he he jumps up and Mary says, wait a second, we're we're helping too. We're, we're coming along for this, whatever it is that we're doing. The looking out for the younger one comes out at the end of that scene where Pippin oversteps. Anyway, you need people of intelligence on this sort of mission, quest, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, he, he <laughs> clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. And Mary says, well, that rules you out. That's a good two line, I think. Like he still he's creating an atmosphere for his good friend to grow up in. Yep. But he's he's because he oversees that atmosphere, he can nudge all he wants. Yeah. Right. Right. And and you know, treat treat it with a little uh you know, you're kinda dumb sometimes. So (laughs) kinda dumb. Yeah. That comes out elsewhere. Pippin after the uh, destruction of Isengard. I feel like I'm back at the Green Dragon. Green mm. Dragon. A mug of ale in my hand. Mm. Putting my feet up on a settle after a hard day's work. Only you've never done a hard day's work. Uh-uh. <laughs> Which, <laughs> there's, there's slight, there's a dig, there's a slight you need to to do a little better going on there. Mm, yeah. Playing with him a little bit. And then there's the reaction to Pippin feeling like he needs to look into the Palantir and the deep frustration that Mary has at this. The anger that the one he's looking after can't get their stuff together. I don't know if there's something two-ish there, but it is frustration. You want to talk about twos and frustration over you know, the people that they're caring for or not? Getting their stuff right. I mean, I I don't know that there's necessarily a a, a two-ish thing about that kind of frustration. I I think that it's like when when you love someone and you see them continually making the same kinds of mistakes, eventually you're like it's gonna come out of you, and and it's caring, but also and so much of his his sort of like m- making fun of Pippin it has an element of Pippin to it. Like he's teasing him and, and you know, that rules you out is like, I think it's, it's meeting Pippin with his same kind of like joyful needling, but also like, I, I want you to be better. I want, I want you to have to take care of yourself. And, and these like, 
Why do you have to look? Why do you always have to look? I don't know. I can't help it. You never can. I'm sorry, all right. I won't do it again. Don't you understand? The enemy thinks you have the ring. He's going to be looking for you, Pip. They have to get you out of here. You know it is. And I you caught this. You're coming with me. He's going. He's he's stressed out because he knows what's going to happen. Yeah, they're going to be separated. He's going to be separated from the person he cares for, and so he can't control that. And that's all. That's a two going to eight. He can't sure. control this situation. Sure. Well, and, and it's also it's it's an element of like I really care about you, and why can't th- there's this glaring problem in your life? Why do you always have to look? Yeah kind of a line out of left field like where else has this been a problem you know has i don't know that mary's called him out for this in the past and i and we haven't seen it yeah i mean like this like this is this is part of part of their dynamic is that pippin is getting into trouble that the mary has to get him out of oh there you go it's the yeah he's not able to rescue him here yeah hmm well, I like Mary as a two. I think Thanks. this is a great heroic two for the, consideration. Um, just really quick, the the line that that turned me for Mary as a two was mm-hmm. when they are picked up by the uh, Uruks and they're being traipsed across the countryside. The Urukai. Yeah, they. Um, there's a moment where Mary is looks like he's passed out. They're they're both hanging off the backs of of these urukai, and and Mary looks like he's passed out. And Pippin says he needs he needs water. He needs water. Like Pippin calls out for him, mm-hmm. and and Mary wakes up after they force feed him some wine. Hello, Pip. Your heart. Fine. It was just an act. An act. See. Fooled you too. Don't worry about me, Mm -hmm. Like Mary is clearly trying to downplay whatever it is that he's going through in an effort to take care of his friend Mm -hmm. who potentially can't handle the seriousness of what they're actually doing. Like it's it's this self-sacrificial nature that just comes out of Mary. And that was the moment that I was like, oh, I think he's a dude. There it is. Yeah. Even in exquisite pain, he is spinning things positive. Yep. Denying himself. Yeah. And denying himself. And and looking to take care of the other. Don't worry about me, Pip. Yep. It's good. Full circle there. All right. Well, it's the top of the eighth. And we bring up our next character, which is, I think, the only one that, that you typed as a three. That is correct. Be one Legolas, played by the one my brother calls the action whore, Orlando Bloom. (laughs) 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 We had this long conversation. He's like, you know, there's producers at movie studios somewhere, and they're like, okay, we got this pot. See, (laughs) and they get to that that that. moment where they're like, we need to call the action whore. (laughs) 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 They got Orlando on speed dial. I like it. I don't know if that's if you can publish that, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I hate to break up a no hitter in the seventh inning, of course. Well, you won't. But it's fine. 
This isn't even the one it, I'm worried about. By the way, if you wanted to go with Gandalf as an eight and move Gimli to three, you could have Legolas as a five. Which would be fine if Gimli were a three, but he's not. Could, he's an eight. You just move those pieces around. And when I did, <laughs> Legolas fell into three and it made sense. So I got Legolas as a five because everything out of his mouth with almost no exceptions, <laughs> is an observation about what he is seeing. Everything. Now, here's the thing. TJ is going to tell you some crazy story about how all elves are fives, but given their race, their observational quality is just dominant. But there's these little nuances that make them another type. Go ahead and set that aside. He's a five. It's all <laughs> data. Oh, data. Go ahead. What's the, what's the case for Legolas? Well, three? Jeff already said the main points that I would say against him being a five, because uh, <laughs> there's a five-ishness to the elven race. And so much of his dialogue is expositional. So, like, it's th these are lines to give the audience information. And the, I... I actually really struggle with a lot of his lines because they're so dumb. <laughs> they are but so dumb. <laughs> the point of them is to give the audience some information. So, like, you, you, you have to remember that when you think of him as my, maybe being a five, is that these observational things are, A, because he's the elf, the one elf in the group, and, B, because the audience needs to know something that he can allegedly see. I think that's a great dismissal of the primary thing that this character does, see, which is to observe the world and see, tell I don't you what's think, going on. <laughs> I don't know that that's the primary thing that he does, though. Ah, what is the primary thing he I does? I think the primary thing that he does is show off. <laughs> <laughs> is So just, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, I've made my point. Let me try and elevate that. Is yeah. his showing off coming through his knowledge? Is that is that how he's getting attention for himself then is by consistently saying, here are the facts they're out there? I think that's part of it. Um, I think that a lot of his lines are sort of observational, but more like the, the way that he says them. The red sun rises. Blood has been spilled this night. Like what? Why did you say it that way? Like <laughs> I just, wh why would you say it like that? It's because you're showing off. It's because you're the. So when we had this discussion about Gimli as a three versus an eight, part of the argument for him as a three, which I think is incorrect, is that that you can point to a lot of his behavior as upholding the image of his people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that that is exactly what is going on with Legolas is that he is leaning hard into the nature of his people and sort of showcasing that in this look at me kind of way. God, some of his lines are dumb. You're right. <laughs> I remember. I know. Okay. So here was a real thing in, in 2001 where People who will go unnamed, but they were saying next to me in the movie theater, got a little giddy mm. when he came on the screen. Yeah. And so 
there because was the he's Gideon. very pretty. <laughs> he's a super attractive person. And so when what comes out of his mouth is the stars are veiled, something stirs in the east, a sleepless malice, the eye of the enemy is moving. Okay? <laughs> who yeah. talks like this? Yeah. yeah. All People the, who want attention, apparently. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> the and 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 notice the type of people that were drawn to Legolas versus the type of people that were bothered by how dumb his lines are. Uh-huh. If you were attracted to Legolas, it was easier <laughs> to overlook how dumb his lines were. <laughs> if you weren't attracted to Legolas, his lines were really dumb. It was the Red Sunrises line that oh, got me. I was just, just like, okay, that's, that's <sighs> too much. If I ate popcorn, I would have thrown my popcorn. <laughs> Notice this, just for, just for, let me make my argument real quick. Dear listener, listen to all this, this stuff. This forest is old, very old, full of memories. They run as if the whips of their masters were behind them. The way is shut. It was made by those who are dead, and the dead keep it. It's the road to Dimholt, the door under the mountain. The stars are veiled. Something stirs in the east. That is one of the Morei, unless my eyes are cheated by some spell. Your friends are with you, Aragorn. The horses grow restless, and the men are quiet. One small bite is enough to fill the the stomach of a grown man. Hurry, Frodo and Sam have reached the eastern shore. You mean not to follow him. This is a lament for Gandalf. The Horn of Gondor. You're late. You look terrible. There is a fell voice on the air. Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? The Uruks turn northeast. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. It's just fact after fact after yep. fact after yep. fact after fact after fact. Yep. All. That is correct. Data. Exposition. <laughs> so, just so it's known... It could be exposition, but just so it's known that there is an observational quality to this character, I would love to move into how he deals with stress. Okay. He gets aggressive, and he does not get withdrawn. I would love to point to the scene prior to uh, Helm's Deep in which he oh, begins lose. yelling. Oh, begins yelling an elf. Okay, oh, well, it, this is, that's good. Well, how, how do we interpret this? On my side, on the five side, he can't focus. There is an energy that rises up in him. He, he sees the problem. Everybody's an idiot. This, by the way, is another argument, great argument for him. He thinks everybody's an idiot half the time. Yeah, that doesn't move him away from three. (laughs) (laughs) This can be a very strong character trait in fives. (laughs) His his aggression in jumping to yelling at Aragorn, who is a nine, Mm -hmm. this would be two... No. Will it be a three in nine space? Because he seems stressed out to me in that moment. Sure. Very different. He's taken on a different posture using some different tools. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that those tools are much more aggressive in, in nature. Farmers, various stable boys. These are no soldiers. Most have seen too many winters. Or too few. Look at them. They're frightened. You can see it in their eyes. Boyahoon. Nelid Herain, Dan Karmenig, 
sort of what he is indicating that he is moving into resignation. So he's arguing with his friend. There, there's no doubt. But what he's saying is that we're going to lose. That's a great 3-5 overlap right there. Yep. Yep. That's all observation. That, uh, that takes real understanding of how things work, putting the pieces together on the five side. On the three side, obviously, the failure mm-hmm. being we can't come and fight, and yeah. and and he can't reframe it either, right? He can't he can't spin what is going to be a complete and total defeat into something successful. Yeah, well, that's worthwhile. The and and w- one more thing to my point is that he's doing it in Elvish. Yep. Yeah, talk about that. Which the people around him can't can't understand. So he is acknowledging that they're going to fail, but he does not want other people to know that that's what he's saying. Yep. He still wants to, like, because they still have to present an image to these farmers with pitchforks and children and old one-eyed men, and, like, they, they still have to be heroes for these people but he's certain that they're going to fail and he does not want them to know that. Mm-hmm. So he says he has this conversation in Elvish. That is, I think the best argument for three. I saw that and didn't say anything about it, but I <laughs> totally see that. I think that's a, a really worthwhile counter on this scene. It's worth noting. It's real similar to Gimli, our Gimli discussion that the eight and the three for Gimli, there is the desire to appear strong mm-hmm. here how would you phrase this? It's not appearing smart or with knowledge. It's that the knowledge is consistently conveyed in a very presentational way. And, and that the knowledge is, is comprehensive and useful. And it elevates him in the telling of the thing that's the fact. Yeah. In this situation, however, you see his heart. Mm-hmm. Cause because he's been moved into stress, you can't... How is it that somebody deals with stress? And the, I think that's a strong argument for him as a three, that he would think through image first in conveying very bad information or a very uh, unpopular op- opinion. Right, right. Still the case for me in that that space that as a tacticianer, he's aware. Apparently everybody else isn't aware. I suppose he's a warrior and everybody else isn't. But uh, if he were a five, it would. This I could see this easily coming out of the heart of a five. Sure. the The presentation for me leans really strongly to three. Yeah, I think I think that's a good argument. It can be the case with a lot with some of the presentation we see fives who are real confident, and we've talked about how. Elves, these are older beings mm-hmm. who have reason to be secure, but somebody like Legolas, 
who clearly has an A game in this in these films is routinely right. in a very secure spot. Right. And that would move him to being much more aggressive. Threes are about goals. What is the goal that Legolas states or believes or really elevates in himself as his goal? Uh, I think he was sent to uh, Rivendell to be part of the Fellowship, and he is the second one to join, uh, technically the third one to join. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that the second that they have a new task after the Fellowship dissolves, he's already packing up and on the way. I think that he is... I I don't like Legolas as a character, but I think that he is a, a better representation of a slightly more mature three that we might necessarily see in a lot of other places because he's not necessarily needing to be the one that sets the agenda. It's like when, when threes are really healthy, when they're really mature, when they're, when they're aware of themselves and, and have done a lot of the work, a lot of their energy is poured into being the, like the badass support system for something else. Yeah, that would be the secure side. Right. And for sure. and and I think that he I I don't think that he needs to be the one setting the agenda, but I think that he gets on board with the leader that he aligns himself with, who is Aragorn. Yeah. And and also not just because the it's Aragorn is his leader, but also because he has developed a deep and trusting friendship with Aragorn. Yeah. There's Threes don't need to be the leader. Threes function real well in structures mm -hmm. in which somebody else is the leader, in, in which they shine in that structure. Yeah. Especially when that person doesn't waste the threes time ever. Yeah, right. Yeah, and elevates them, compliments them, gives them the, the attention they desire. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. This was one thing I've already forgotten the character that we talked about on this front and I should have uh, noted it, but threes that are healthy will elevate the goals of others. Right. Because they move into that six space and that's what it looks like for three to move into six space is they, they have already gotten the attention they crave and that allows them to feel secure. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a, how can I elevate others posture? Right. That would have to be the move for him in security. I obviously also have that kind of move of saying, I think a lot of his ag aggressive energy comes out in some eight space, but he doesn't seem to elevate his name, his contributions, with the exception of his continuous, you know, side competition with Gimli in terms mm -hmm. of killing orcs. I, I think that he is... We see him in a unique environment for a three because so much of what so much of what's happening on screen with him is him and Aragorn and Gimli. And when when it's just the three of them, he doesn't necessarily need to elevate himself. And when yeah. it's not just the three of them, I think that he is very comfortable elevating Aragorn. Speaking from experience in close quarters with a three, when you're on, when you're doing a task with a three, 
their contribution needs to be named mm-hmm. and appreciated by the rest. And I, I just don't see him ever asking. But I, I don't that. think that he has to. I, I think mean, I'm that just saying that's real common at threes. I, I agree, but I think that it's already being done for him. He's already getting the I think attention without having to ask. Right. I think that, that they're they're continually showing other people paying attention to him. The one place that I hear a goal that I could name in his mouth was at the Council of Elrond. Mm-hmm. He stands up mad and says, Have you heard nothing Lord Elrond has said? The ring must be destroyed. I think that's somebody else's goal. And I don't know that that feels much more observational in quality. Here's the facts of the matter that are going to get us, and we need to move. Just knowing lots of fives who are losing their minds about how the world is handling COVID, that's what that feels like to me. Sure. I don't really have anything to say about that. <laughs> I mean, it's... I will take that as a point. Uh, move it to his humor style. I think this is yes. fun. Okay. His humor style, I think, is worth... I think this does expose the non-Elvish side of him, the place where you're like, okay, who is this person really? I got three lines sure. for you. Okay. Shall I describe it to you, or would you like to... Or would you like me to find you a box? Final count, 42. He was twitching. Have you learned nothing of the stubbornness of dwarves? That's about as funny as this dude gets. Right. But some of them are, are, are worthwhile. <laughs> you got any thoughts? Because all those strike me as very observational in, in quality. Well, that's because you're viewing through the lens of a five. But <laughs> uh, let me show you how you're wrong. Um, okay, so <laughs> what was the first one? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Uh, I think that, that that strikes me as a really great, like one aggressive type figuring out how to give it to another aggressive type. Yeah. Like fives are, are the most likely to be sarcastic by nature. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a, a lot of sarcasm that comes out of a lot of fives. Um, not, they're not all sarcastic, but, but this, this is also a good, like I, I could easily see a three saying this to an eight as well. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. Uh, calling it observational. I, eh, I got nothing there. I don't, I don't see that. I don't know what to say about it, but I, I, it also is like, it, it is a little showy I and mean, you could say it's a little showy. I think that's true. I actually think he's smiling. He doesn't smile a lot in, the, in these movies, but he's right. smiling here. I think he's really confident. Right. And, and so and this... Very comfortable and this... Yeah. yeah. And so on that front, it may be... Mm. He, he may be feeling his oats. I have a hard time drawing a security line there. Yeah? Yeah. Should, I, I mean, he says this with a smile because he's, he's got a that, great dig. That, that doesn't mean he's moved <laughs> to security. That's, I feel I like know, that's man. a stretch. All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on to uh, how have you learned nothing of the stubbornness of dwarves? So, uh, Aragorn is trying to leave, uh-huh. and and Gimli is is just like sitting there, and he's like, "Where do you think you're going?" 
And uh-huh. Aragorn says, no, I have to do this one alone. And Legolas comes out and says, have you learned nothing of the stubbornness of dwarves? He's basically doing the exact same thing as the dwarf and blaming it on the dwarf. Man, you know what a three does there is they promote themselves. You have something that or you're doing. Or deflect the thing that looks negative. <laughs> So that this is a this is a a reframe of of the the presentation of don't you know how dwarves how stubborn dwarves are oh I'm coming with you too, but blame it on the dwarf. The listener will understand that it's a not only an observation but it's also a dig on somebody else's intelligence, which is also all over this character's language in terms Stubbornness of you, is not, you're, 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 not about have you learned have you learned nothing no. <laughs> no. that's nothing dwarf doors are invisible when closed yes Gimli their own masters cannot find them if their secrets are forgotten why doesn't that surprise me the digging on people are dumb it's just it's also well, that's I mean, where his personality most is of his out. digs are on dwarves for being dwarves. <laughs> like there's there's clearly a, a, a racial problem no, here. It's not how they smell. It's not how long their beards are or how, you know, how uh, I, it's it's about their intelligence. I got another one for you. No, I don't. Shoot, that was the one I had. <laughs> <laughs> so the last one that you brought up earlier was the um, when at, at the end of... Is it the very end of the, the final battle or is it the end of Helm's Deep? The final count one? Or yeah. Have, uh, final, final count, count 42 is, is uh, Helm's Deep. And the, so the end of Helm's Deep and Gimli is just sitting there on someone who's clearly dead. Uh-huh. Final count, 42. 42? Oh. Like, like sort of makes fun of him. That's not bad for a pointy-eared elvish princeling. <laughs> I myself am sitting pretty on 43. Yep. And Legolas, the highly competitive, decides to cheat and lie about it. 43. He was switching. He was already dead. Shoots an arrow at the orc that Gimli is already sitting on and said and claims it as his own. <laughs> like that moment is pure three. I don't know. Is to 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 steal and lie about it and say <laughs> no. he was twitching. Shot the orc with an arrow and then observed he was twitching. He was twitching because he's got <laughs> Gimli's axe embedded in his nervous system. You will the, the listener will understand that both these claims, final count 42 and he was twitching are observations. It's nonsense though. Because they, like like just seeing anybody can observe things and that does I, not necessarily make them a 5. Gimli, did you see how good I was on the battlefield? I killed 42 of them suckers. Yeah, that's basically what he says. There is not a drawing of attention to oneself. Final count 42 is That's a what fact. he said. Is a fact. Man, he's not he's not saying anything about himself in that in the in the, in these spaces. Yeah, he is. He's saying he killed 42 people, he's, which is a high <laughs> number. He's offering data in a competition. No. Man, you need, 
I'll just having just let me just tell you what it's like to live with a three. <laughs> they make sure that you know that it, they are the ones that did the thing. Yeah, and he comes up and says mm-hmm. to Gimli, "I killed forty-two. Yeah, the threes out there all know what I'm talking about. Okay, Whatever. so <laughs> him killing the elephant as well, like, uh, and like rides down the trunk of the elephant and like lands. There's this moment, like, I love, I loved that uh, in the Black Widow movie they have her sister <laughs> making fun of her hair flip thing because I feel like that that moment of when he like lands off of the trunk of the elephant is this like. That that felt like that that Black Widow kind of move of like this is a that, that was a real look at me kind of moment. That still only counts as one. Now I there are times and perhaps this will happen with both of the last two Fellowship characters is that's that's not Legolas, that's Orlando Bloom. Well. <laughs> That you're right that the, that this might come up, and I think that it's an important part of what we're discussing. Yep. Because if we were Just, discussing Legolas from the book, <laughs> I don't know that I would have anything to say about him being a three. <laughs> but if we're discussing the Orlando Bloom presentation Man, that's of Legolas. Pe- that's Peter Jackson taking... Peter Jackson the seven taking Orlando Bloom the three to the side and saying, "You know what we could do <laughs> is make Legolas a three. Is that could you could you make what? this look awesome? Yeah, and the action whore put up his collar. <laughs> You're making my argument for me. I'm here. just saying that this is some. A lot of your <laughs> arguments have leaned into race and his elvishness, and I'm just saying the actor sometimes brings way more than what's there in the heart of the actual character. But that's that's all we have to go on, is what the actor is bringing to the table. Tell me about his awareness of missteps. There's a couple of places where he asks for forgiveness, which I think are interesting. And I don't know where to put these with three or five. When he fires an arrow at Gandalf, he essentially immediately defers. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. I mistook you for Saruman. And Gandalf says, I'm Saruman, or rather Saruman as he should be. And there's another point where he um, apologizes to Aragorn for his outburst in Elvish. We have trusted you this far. You have not led us astray. Forgive me. I was wrong to despair. I don't know what to do with these. Aside from maybe he's just a mature person who asks for forgiveness. And and it's a um, especially the one with Gandalf. It's a it's a supplicational kind of move. It's a um, almost an I am not worthy, yeah, kind of acknowledgement. The only thing I had going for five on this is that he says I miscomprehended what was in front of me. I mistook you for Saruman. There 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 is a failure to observe correctly in the language. But there again, you use the word failure, yeah, to describe what you're talking about. So, oh, I see. <laughs> I was not <laughs> successful in my assessment. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know that there's. I, I got nothing to say about those those moments. I don't think they help or hurt either one of us. 
the I did want to say something about uh, you mentioned the line of actually there there are two lines that you mentioned that I I did have something to say about the when Gandalf calls uh, Shadowfax mm-hmm. and the expositional device says the expositional thing for the audience so that we know that that's, <laughs> that horse is really important. Um, the, the thing that he says... That is one of the mirrors, unless my eyes are cheated by some spell. Okay. And there's... And I'm realizing this as I say it out loud that it works both ways, but there's, there's a, a need to be sure that you put out in front that there's a reason in case you're wrong, in case you've mm-hmm. you failed. Like, like the, the fact that he says, unless my eyes are cheated by some spell, is like offering a, a, a reframe before he knows that he needs it. This is actually something, this is a good place for us to land because I got no more quotes. But the, the thing that threes and fives share is their coping style. Mm-hmm. that as they are moving towards stress and can't f- solve problems, they will shut down their emotions and really s- try to solve the problem logically. Right. And logic insists, reason insists, that you self-assess whether or not you're getting the information. And so the three can do that. The three can easily... It's, it doesn't have to just be about whether or not your eyes are successful. It also can be about... Am I understanding all the things correctly? However, you want to say that, right? Isn't right. that right? Yeah, uh, I I think that I think a five would be less likely to need to offer sort of an excuse. Yeah, but I think they they're both going to to be in that space of of wanting to to be as as competent as possible. Yeah, best argument. Let me let me build on that. I think the best argument for five for against five is that he apparently doesn't need any space. Right. There's no time where he takes space for himself. He's right. always he doesn't in ever fact, really just leave. He seems like a very relational person. Right. Agreed. There was another line that uh when after Gandalf dies and they're in the Woodland Realm and all of the elves of the Woodland Realm are singing and mm-hmm. we see the fellowship together and they're wondering what's going on and uh, Legolas says it's a, a lament for Gandalf and Mary asks what do they say about him I have not the heart to tell you for me the grief is still too near mm-hmm. and but they don't mention his fireworks should be a verse about them I, I think a five would just say what was there without like there there's there's an element here of not being able to express his own emotion which can go both ways in in mm-hmm. this same space the the idea of the competency the the idea of of like the the 5 and the 3 meet in that space but i think the 5 would not acknowledge his own emotions while the 3 says i'm not ready to tell you yet yeah, I think that's a good. I, I've you know, as the listeners will un, will know, I've lost parents. Got a chance to see my wife, the three, and my son, the five, wrestle with that in their own ways. And I'm trying to pair those instances here of how they deal with grief. Mm-hmm. 
And it, I mean, in my mind, the thing that goes off is that it really depends on the health of the person. Right. Agreed. Can, if, if Legolas is a three, can Legolas feel Legolas's feelings? Is that what's coming out there? Is his inability to access that? Is he covering over something? He doesn't want to look bad in presenting sadness. I think that he's either way. He is like three or five. Uh He's not close enough to his own emotions to be able to express them at this moment. Yeah. See. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that 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 goes either way. But I think the three would need to acknowledge that, whereas the five would just give them the information that they asked for. I I wonder if it would it would depend, I think, on the five. I can see the five really investing in their own emotional life at times. Fives will observe the world out there, but they fives also observe their own emotional life from a distance. Right. And it's a that's a tricky one. I I, I think that's a great little line for really talking about uh, this character. Mm. I think we need to go to the book. You know what? Uh, I lied at the beginning of this podcast. I am not in Greeley, Colorado. I am in Granby, Colorado. I got kidnapped, and I don't have a library with me. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily I do. Oh! I'm so excited for you to bring up. the book. All right, you read it, and I'll respond. (laughs) I always feel like you get the first word on these things and just taints everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's because you're always wrong. That's beside the point. It's still, (laughs) I could be wrong and the discussion tainted. All right. These are taken from the back of the Sacred Enneagram by Christopher Hurtz, and he took them from a blog that I don't remember what it is, but it's a really great mistyping tool uh, of just like quickly comparing some basic characteristics between two different types. That we agree with at least 60% of the time. <laughs> yeah, a bunch <laughs> of them. Yeah, there, there's some problems, but we'll just, we'll just deal with that when we get to it. But we need, we need an arbiter. We need a judge to come in and put their thumb on the scale. So <laughs> it's the best we can do. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so is Legolas a three who seeks recognition or five who seeks knowledge? I, everything he says is data. I do not disagree with that. Is Legolas a three who is more goal-oriented or process-oriented? Doesn't offer one goal for himself. However, like what does there's... process-oriented even mean? That's uh, it's, like uh, how we're going to do the things? Yeah. No, he's doing. just doing them already, like a three. <sighs> he There's a scene where he's standing out. At, he's, on, he's at the castle at Rohan, and mm-hmm. it's like three in the morning, and he's the only one outside by himself yeah. looking out process strikes me as that his function is something like that. Like how, how do I take in the world for the sake of everybody else? This is what I have to offer is the data. Hmm. I don't think that, I don't see that as like, that doesn't lead me to process driven though. No, he looks amazing in that blue light. Everyone Are you knows saying it. that he looks amazing? That's what I'm that saying. Light? Just like a three. They, he, he said to himself, you know what? Just in case there's a camera around, he'll look shiny. <laughs> it's true. He does. Is he 
competitive like a three or withdrawn like a five? He is definitely competitive. Definitely competitive. <laughs> is he self-promoting like a three or secretive like a five? I want to pause on that because it's so easy with aggressive. And so the thing with these sorts of lists is you see the aggressiveness first. You don't mm. necessarily see the, this is what I'm holding back. Sure. I would be really curious if, if this isn't a character that holds some things closer to the chest. What was the I, phrasing? Self-promoting or secretive. I mean, I don't see self-promoting either. We, we've talked about this, but I just, he, it just doesn't, he doesn't have that kind of energy. Whereas when we talked about another character who's an elf who didn't get typed as a three, I thought that... Uh, Arwen. Arwen. That's it. Yeah. It's one's Eowyn, one's Arwen. Yep. I felt like Arwen's language was consistently about herself, mm. that she was drawing people to to really consider who she was, what she had contributed, who her perspective, and I, that that's just sure. nowhere in this character in Legolas. I don't think that we have enough to answer this either way. Yeah, what's he being secretive about? I don't know. Unless right. it were the case, for example, that he had a really strong opinion about whether or not everybody was going to die and tried to keep it a secret by using a second language that nobody understood. But he didn't try to keep it a secret because <laughs> he was he did telling that. Aragorn. He told it. Well, I mean, fives can can share secretively. That's... <laughs> Is he pragmatic like a three or impractical like a five? He's, he strikes me as a very pragmatic character. Agreed. Is he highly efficient like a three or curiously <laughs> wandering like a five? God damn, I'm crashing now. <laughs> Where did that one come from? Uh, is he socially competent like a three or socially awkward like a five? I can't believe this is going against me. <laughs> I cannot believe that the book, the book is sabotaging all of my great insights here. Is he well-groomed like a three <laughs> or image unaware like a five? Just name one time that he cares about his image in these films. Uh, how about cares about what others think <laughs> or ignores people's opinions? I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to stretch now. That yeah, I, I, this is one that I, I don't know that we have much to answer yeah. this question. Uh, admirable like a three or eccentric like a five. Well, that's one I'd give a yes to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about the end. I do think he, I think he thinks that, well, the eccentricity I think comes out in his character, but it's not, it's a three, it's a three issue eccentricity. <laughs> uh, how about social standards versus social isolation? Yeah. And that was, I think the best argument for him as a three is his relational heart. Yeah, he's very relational. Can we talk about one's, merging and nines refusing to merge for a minute because <laughs> it seems in our debates that i routinely merge with your silly arguments and by the end i'm thoroughly convinced and i think this is actually a character defect on my part not grand no i think i'm just wizardry on your part <laughs> I, I think it's just that i'm right <laughs> 
you do you, you recognize how hard that is for my heart? I do. Okay. Just just so <laughs> the listener understands. <laughs> We've okay. talked about this. I am not a competitive person, <laughs> but when I'm in it, I am in it to win it, mister. I'm a competitive person and I just lose all the time <laughs> in the things I compete with. Um although I was state champion in speech and I have a speech impediment, so that's just that's high value right there. All right, well, I, uh, in other news, we're long-winded. Did you know this? <laughs> this is something that we yes. share. This is something that my wife brings up every single time we have <laughs> deep dives. Well, I lied. I have to confess my sins. That's the, the one way. Uh, we're going to do one more podcast, apparently. We need to, to, <laughs> to close this sucker down. Uh, two great characters we're going to end with next time, though. Yeah. Fun stuff here with these two fellowship characters. Next time, TJ going for the perfect game. <sighs> so close. I also, I also do want to say, with Legolas, I think we're we're moving close. Again, I hate the character of Legolas, and I think so much of his treatment <laughs> in the movie is expositional. And like, it's like, how, how do let let's have the prettiest person on screen say the expositional lines, and a lot of them are terrible and whatever. Uh, I also think that Legolas, the character, is a very mature character. Yep. So it makes sense that we would have difficulty pinning him down in these ways. Agreed. We need to talk about the strengths more than, like, what are the what are the real brilliances and beauties they bring as opposed to maybe they're negative? Is he bringing wisdom sure. or is he bringing glory and... Good looks. Image of... Success, um, and then again, we we see a significant amount of both. Yeah, I'm excited for this next year. We'll hit the those targets and things that we talk about this next year. I think a lot more. Yeah, there's the shadow side that's easy to to pick through with Enneagram. I we had somebody in our Instagram feed who was really down on their sixness and like just, a lot of sixes. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah, and it's just time. It's time to to scrap that like who who you aren't isn't interesting right let's talk about what the fantastic things you bring to the world are and you overcome your shortcomings everybody's got shortcomings yeah they're to get kicked in the face and set to the side right Um, and as we've established the hero of this whole story mm -hmm. is a six so truth Samwise Gamgee not Frodo Sam This is right Frodo's totally a tertiary character (laughs) 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 who we might bring up next time Uh, well it would mean the world to us if you take two seconds give us some stars and a review on iTunes or Spotify Uh, in fact you can do that before you sign off it would mean the world to us if you took two seconds it's right there on your phone just hit five stars call it good you've done your good deed for the day you've made TJ's day because he's a Nine going to security and just wants <laughs> all the acclaim. Love the stars. <laughs> Love the stars. You can find all the links to all of our stuff at aroundthecircle.org and shout outs on Twitter and Instagram are always appreciated. Share this with a Tolkien lover if you haven't already. They will just dive into it deep and give you lots of kisses for your recommendation. Uh, you got anything else, TJ? <laughs> I got nothing. He's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome, and I'm Jeff Cook, and who you aren't, as was said just recently. 
isn't interesting. Be who you are. You'll set the world on fire.